Hey everybody, get ready for a new case on criminal motives behind the crime scene tape. My name is Jay and I co-host this podcast with my dad. My dad and I have both worked in law enforcement and we also specialize in security. Join us as we dive into some of these real life cases and find out what actually happens behind the scenes and what most people don't get to hear about. It's going to be a good one, so let's jump right in. Okay, so they want to tell you a story about a TV commercial that's on TV right now. And uh, I'm not going to mention any pharmaceutical company or anything like that, but it's a little advertising uh, medical cure or relief or something. And anyway, the common theme throughout the whole commercial is somebody's always saying, hide my skin, not me. And... Um, so I'm going to call this one the hide my skin, not me caper. The um, premise when we start out, you're going to be thinking, how in the world does this have anything to do with that? But it'll reveal itself at the end. And uh, typically, everybody knows, you know, you wake up one day, you walk outside. Oh, no, somebody stole my bicycle. Call the police, you know. And the police respond and they take a report. And if it's something, you know, really expensive, a lot of times it'll go to the detective division. They'll take a another report on what their findings are and then moves forward from there. Different departments have different detective divisions. If it's a, a organized crime, you'll see larger departments have a whole unit dedicated to organized crime. If it's a large um, auto theft type ring, you'll see departments that have specialized units that investigate auto theft, drugs, narcotics, the vice, all the uh, prostitutions, different people. kinds of organized crime, people, yep. uh, robbery, homicide. And depending on how big the department is, they may have a detective solely dedicated to that, or they may have one that wears several hats. And um, a lot of times when you don't have the manpower to investigate these things, it doesn't mean they don't happen in your town. It's just you don't have the resources to follow through thoroughly. And they will submit... Um, to a task force, and a lot of times it requires either part-time or full-time participation into this task force. Uh, you get the resources of many departments at that point, and you can successfully prosecute your cases a little bit easier without having the expense of that kind of unit within your department. So it's kind of a hand-in-hand -hand kind of thing. Um, I'm working in an area in a large metropolitan area, really large. And they not only um, participate in a task force, but they also are founders of a particular task force. And in certain cities, um, coastal cities, usually there'll be one for cargo theft task force. And there's several throughout the United States. There are several uh, groups that work together and transfer intelligence and keep people aware of cargo theft. And who's involved in that? Usually like uh, FAA, I'm sure, or uh, United States Postal Inspectors. You have to be, you have to be um, open because the type of crime you're looking into may require 
arms of the law that you don't have the authority to do either through interstate commerce or the type of uh, theft that's involved, you're going to want some people in there that with the resources in that area, you don't have to wait to find out if you can do this or that or get permission to do this or that. These guys are that leg that, that give you the permission. You're going to have uh, most likely a state attorney level prosecutor on board. You're going to have maybe even, as you talked about this week, a United States uh, assistant United States attorney involved, depending on if it's a federal case. Yep. You could have a member of the FBI, DEA, uh, just depends on several things. Um, it's good to have a lot of those guys as long as the system works, a good oiled, well-oiled machine yeah. uh, work together. Because it can get it can get testy. Everybody wants a piece of it, or if it's a really good case, they're like, no man, you know. Most of the time, um, those that have been established for quite a while have certain ground rules and everybody knows their part in that. And it may makes it easier to do. When you're first starting out, it can get a little tricky. But this was a pretty big one, and they've been in business a long time, and it was a cargo theft task force, like I mentioned. And I'm working with these guys, and um, we have a guy walk in off the street one day and say, hey, I need to, I need to talk to somebody about something. And, um, you know, it's kind of a rotational basis, who's up next for the case or who is available to take the case. At any point, I was the I was the next up, and I went to the guy, and he said, "Hey, I'm a truck driver, and um, I had somebody approach me about taking some product off the back of my truck, and then you know, claiming it was stolen, turning it in for insurance, you get paid, um, don't get any trouble, and I get the product." And, and uh, I'm like, "Is there really such a thing as a honest truck driver these days that would come in and say something like that?" And you know, the answer is yes, there's honest people everywhere. Sure. So I'm sitting here going, what are we talking about? He said he wants to take a couple of pallets of laptops. And I'm like, a couple of pallets of laptops? What are we talking, about 100 laptops? He said, yeah, about 100 laptops. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, all right. Um, let's see what we can do about this. When is this supposed to go down? Uh, he said, uh, Tomorrow on my route, uh, they they would show up at one of my stops, and next thing you know, I'd have two pallets missing, and nobody knows nothing, and everybody goes about their merry way. Wow. Yeah. So um, piqued my interest. Got a hold of some people within the task force, and said, "What are we looking at?" And um, you know, it's going to be local. It'll stay within state, although it may count, you know, may cross uh, county jurisdictions city jurisdictions, so we'll bring some state guys on board who have the umbrella over the whole state. There you go. Uh, they were talking about computers, you know, that's not, it's not like a hazardous material, so we're pretty good on that. We start putting an ops plan together on how we're going to do this, and uh, then we have to figure out, put some boots on the ground, you know, as close to the time frame that we have, see if there's any talk about anything like that on the streets, see if anybody's talking. Yeah, and, uh, put out feelers to all your information sources, see if anybody's heard anything, see if yeah. uh, anybody's planning on selling any kind of laptops anytime soon. Right. And also, has it been uh, done already with another, you know, trucking company or a truck driver? And this guy's an independent driver, um, third party kind of thing. 
Um, has it happened before? And did anybody report it? Was anybody hurt? Is there a report of anybody being hurt while robbed over the last week or so? Right. A lot of intelligence to gather up just to be sure we weren't walking into a trap and the driver wasn't um, in harm's way. So the um, the thought was, since the bad guy contacted the driver, he obviously knows what he looks like. So if we switch the drivers, it might hink them up and they're going to not do the deal and the whole thing behind it is to catch these guys. Uh, we decide to go ahead and uh, put all the necessary permissions and paperwork together and we're going to wire our truck driver up mm. with a microphone so we can have this um, monitored. We set up some teams for surveillance and um, the guy told us he only had two stops being a um, third-party logistics kind of driver. He only had two stops the next day and that um, we decided to put two teams on the both stops ahead of time. How far out were they? Like how far apart were they? There, well, it's a, it's a small area, but it crossed two city jurisdictions within two miles. So um, close, but considering when it's that tight, there's traffic issues and everything else. So we decided we put surveillance teams on those spots eight hours ahead of time to be sure that we are there first, that any particular counter surveillance that might happen by the bad guys that we see them coming in before they see us coming in. Yep. You know, those surveillance are. ops are, uh, there's something you will, you will sit in that car for a long time and whoever you're sitting in that car with, you better be comfortable around because there's going to be some, uh, bathroom breaks that happen in that car. There's going to be some eating, some sleeping. It's, uh, it's not great, but it is, for sure a way to get the job done and get the kind of evidence you need. Yeah. And to do it safely too. Right. You know, it's, it's worth the anguish just to make sure it comes off safely and to keep the upper hand, you know, eight hours, you know, that was the general consensus on how far ahead we should be making this move. Um, and who knows what other intelligence you're going to drum up just by sitting there. So uh, with those kinds of resources, our motor pool, so to speak, mm. has everything. It has cars, trucks, semis, box trucks, motorcycles. It even had, I think we even had a taxi cab uh, in our motor pool. Nice. All from different resources and painted up to look like whatever. And uh, magnetic stickers are your friend for the doors. You can... You can be whatever company you want to be with a magnetic sticker. Yep. So uh, we pulled some equipment and set up on both places and, and began our surveillance. Now, we know that those two places he's going to stop at are only the places that the theft is going to occur, and we're going to have another team that's going to have to follow um, the freight once it's stolen. And um, we have no idea where that's going to be. We don't know how far away it's going to be. So we have to have the right resources put together for that as well in case there's an issue. You know, we talked one time about um, things that could happen during the heat of the moment. And one of your chase vehicles or one of your surveillance vehicles gets jammed up one way or another through an accident or 
breakdown or, you know, the motor pool maintains these vehicles, but that doesn't, like anybody else's, it could break down in the middle of doing the operation. So yep. you have to be aware of that and have backup plans for that as well. Yeah, if you haven't heard of Murphy's Law, Murphy's <laughs> Law is that if anything can go wrong, it will. And Murphy is alive and well. Oh, he is. He is. Everywhere you turn, that joker is around. I'm not sure if it's a dude or a really mean redheaded chick. But, uh, <laughs> and I'm married to one, so. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we got our stuff together. We think we have a pretty good plan. Uh, we meet up with our driver. Uh, during the course of uh, overnight, we also vetted the driver make sure that there wasn't anything that could compromise the investigation from his part. He's not a known gangster. He's not a known criminal that um, maybe owes some people some money and this thing could go south. Yeah. And they really just want to get him out by himself and something else could happen for payback. We want to make sure a lot of different things don't play into this. And that's uh, really important too. Something that most people, again, never understand or ever get to see. Yep, but I, I can't tell you how many times I've looked into people and they're like, why are you looking into me? I'm the one that told you about this. And I'm like, I don't know you from Adam. I don't know if you're trying to set me up. I don't know what the deal is. I'm going to get all the information I can because I have the ability to do it. Absolutely. And, um, and I want to know what I'm dealing with. I want to know everything about this person that I can find out in the reasonable amount of time that I have left. All right. Just to say, you know, due diligence just to say due diligence over everything. So he checks out, we mic him up, he takes off on his route. Now there is also, you know, there's also the chance that, you know, if these guys are really pros, you know, they may be following this guy from the minute he picked up his truck. You know, so we have to be aware of that. These things have to take place in normal areas where you would run into a truck during the course of a day. You don't want him coming to the police department or your you know, headquarters for whatever you're doing. So right. a lot of stuff happened at truck stops. Great places. You can get your food for the stakeout. You can get all the restroom breaks you want. And before it takes off, before we take off. And your last minute preparations. And nothing is out of place. Truck driver pulls into a truck stop. That's about as commonplace as it gets. So he's mic'd up. Uh, he's ready to go. Uh, our takedown teams are in place. Our surveillance teams have been in place for the last eight hours, and nothing unusual has happened. Um, so we take off, and we follow the truck to the location. We set up on a spot, and um, we can't tell. He backs up to a dock, and two pieces come off. We can't really tell. Uh, so we have to count on the truck driver to tell us, you know, what happened. Yeah. Uh, he backs up to the first stop into the dock door, gets back in the truck, says, guys, it just happened. It just happened. You know, one guy in a plaid shirt, another guy in a um, green shirt, uh, all caps, all that. And um, what we think was going on is they rolled off two pallets onto the dock and then swung back around to the next dock door and put them onto another truck that was going to take off at the same time. Mm. Shortly after that, we see the two guys that he described uh, jump into the cab of this truck parked next to him, and that truck drives away. So um, we put our surveillance team on that second truck to follow it. 
goes about five miles up the road through a couple of different places into an industrial into an industrial park and as he backs up to the industrial park it has one dock door it has several lower level first you know regular walk-in doors and some overhead doors they back up into that thing and we can tell that the dock door opens up and we're thinking all right i guess this is it you know yeah so the task force uh, supervisor uh, the ops leader he gives the go-ahead for the takedown and um we're going to have to hit, you know, a couple of these doors, stand by by the truck, disable it if we have to, just in case they didn't get it off and try to get away. And um, boom, they're starting. Huh. And probably 50 guys in SWAT gear, the BDU pants, guns, breaching, door breaching tools, things like that, hit this warehouse. And uh, we're standing back you know, kind of in amazement because, you know, at this point in my career, I'm not doing, I'm not kicking doors in anymore. I'm not running, um, you know, I'm standing back with some other people and we're watching this thing and it's a long uh, kind of warehouse that's um, single story, but the dock doors, uh, there's a, where you back up the, your trailer goes down into a pit so that the trailer floor is level to the warehouse floor when you back down in there. Um, not very big, looks like about maybe 100 feet long, about 60, 70 feet wide, just a rectangular building. Yeah. And um, there's a, call them man doors, regular entry and exit doors that people would walk through, as well as several of these uh, dock doors. When they hit the front of the building and, um, of course, they've got the rest of the building surrounded in case somebody comes out the other doors. There's a side door on the end of it. And they get about halfway through the dock, and you can hear them. They're screaming and hollering, you know, search warrant, search warrant, everybody down, nobody move, this yep. and that. Yep. <laughs> and out the side door come about a dozen men and women running out the side door, and they are completely naked when they run out that door. Yikes. So maybe uh, uh, I got a few things I think of in mind when I see that, or if I saw that and hearing that right now, I'd uh, or, go ahead. What? Please enlighten me. Oh my goodness. We were sitting there and we're like, what in the world is going on here? So um, these guys come running out and um, the rest of us who are, you know, supposedly sitting back working, but not, you know, really working because, you know, the rest of us, we're not runners, we're not yellers, we're not kicking doors down, we're just kind of sitting back watching everything. We uh, grabbed these guys up because we're like, wait a minute, what is going on here? And uh, one of them said, man, all we heard was search warrant, search warrant, man, and we're running for our lives. Evidently, the person or persons controlling that warehouse Mm-hmm. Also was involved in unlicensed uh, porn and X-rated movie filming in that warehouse, that same warehouse, trying to do something without the right licenses and paying the fees and so forth. Um, you might call it one of the ultimate bundle packages. Yeah, that uh... <laughs> free laptops and making movies. So uh, we're like, no. We didn't know you were there, but thank you for popping out. 
is everybody over the age of 18 at least please yeah really so we don't know anything it opened up another avenue of investigation that we had to pursue at this point so we secured everybody took them back inside made them get their clothes on and we came back out started running all their names get their ids and then make a phone call to another division of this particular department so they could investigate whether or not any kind of sex trafficking was going on uh, they could validate all the ages of everyone the consent these things and then uh, find out what laws have been broken i would say what laws if any but when you're shooting porn movies in a warehouse without licenses even in certain states that's illegal so hmm. we have to have someone further that investigation so a tip for uh, a cargo theft wound up opening up a whole new whole new investigation yeah of it was if we saw that you know and we didn't you know, I'll be honest, we didn't think there'd be anything more to it than, you know, we grab our cargo, we grab the bad guys, and good job, everybody pats them on the back, and we're out. Yeah. This thing here, man, now we have to do a complete uh, search, and if I'm not mistaken, they had to type out a new search warrant, because our original search warrant was to recover laptops. We may, just to stay within the law, uh, actually get, and this is where having a attorney on your uh, task force comes into comes into play we uh, hammered out a quick search warrant for all kinds of inappropriate activity criminal activity this that whatever probable cause they used at the time and expecting that if there's theft and prostitution or movies there could be drugs involved they're always one in the same it seems like we really need to do a thorough search of everything for everything. And should we collect items outside the original search warrant, we can still prosecute on it because of the supplemental search warrant. So, right. Yep. So once you find for everybody that don't know, once you're doing or executing a warrant and you find something that's not on your warrant, but is illegal or can, you know, lead to illegal activity, you can now get a supplemental warrant like uh, Detective Earl was just talking about, and you can now collect that stuff as well. Yeah, and there's some some state laws will actually, if during the course of executing that warrant, something illegal in plain sight, uh, you can seize it as it is. But when you have the time and to cover all your bases, it's good to have a warrant that take care of that so that you can proceed with prosecution uh the investigation part uh find out who's responsible for these things and, and move the case forward so yeah i got an example of that too uh one time we were we were working a uh child sex crime and we were searching the guy's room for any kind of media to hold pictures or videos or anything like that and we were searching for like child pornography and stuff like that. Um, then well, during the search, we found a pair of little like adolescent girl underwear. And we were like, this could, this could be something this could have DNA on it. We need, we need to get this. And so our original search warrant didn't have 
clothes on it. It just had stuff for media. So we had to go get a supplemental for clothes and anything belonging to uh, adolescent female or male children. So that's uh, another example. But, I mean, it's pretty quick. We got a verbal on that one because we were on the clock and we needed to do it quick. So we got a verbal and then went and got it signed later after presenting the facts and circumstances to the attorney. And then he, he gave us the blessing like, yeah, go, go get it, go collect it. Oh, it would give me the creeps, man. Uh, it's bad enough, you know, normal people and all, but to see children's clothing someplace, man, um, that just gives me, you know, the creeps. I just, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. There are some really sick people in this world, but, um, you know, we found our, we got our two pallets back of uh, laptops. We were able to make the arrest. Uh, we were able to uncover some other um, criminal activity within the warehouse besides the old, you know, happy movies going on in the back room. Um, I don't think anybody turned out to be there, uh, you know, beyond their consent. They, they were all above age. It was just a uh, get rich quick scheme that, you know, the person running the warehouse just added to his portfolio. Mm. Um, I think mostly they were all released and the owner of the warehouse was hit with some fines for not having the proper licensing, but no one turned out to be in that particular case. No one turned out to be un- underage and uh, certainly no other crimes were, were broken at that point. It was entertaining as you know, we're thinking we're just going for a couple of pallets and some laptops and, and we get to running into all this. It, uh, and whoops, what we found. <laughs> Ever a dull moment, that's for sure. So, uh, man, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And uh, the hide my skin, not me. <laughs> that's where it comes from. There it is. Uh, it all ties together. Man, it does all tie together. You never know uh, when you get involved in something like that and, and the action of everything and as much preparation as you try to do you can never be sure that that's it there's always going to be something else there could be you guys didn't find anything else that was stolen there right yeah there was some things that they had to do some investigative work on some items that uh, would take some research Um, i don't know the outcome of all that all i know is we got the two pallets back and then they turned it over to um you know, some property crimes guys to help research uh, the items that were found in the warehouse as well. Because, you know, it wasn't the only thing that, that was in there. You know, our stuff uh, opened the door to several other things, but I don't know. There was a lot of property in there. There was a lot of stuff. Yeah. Whether it was legit or unaccounted for, uh, yeah, I don't remember. Um, and they, they really don't talk about it much, but... Uh, Usually people don't care that much about it. They want the they want the main thing we were after, and they move forward from there. But uh, yeah, it was it was unusual. Not something you would normally see. No, no, that's a that's a wild one for sure. <laughs> yeah, but all in all, made for a, a great investigation and um, hopefully a great podcast for everybody. Yeah, well, I I definitely enjoyed this one and. I know that we have some opportunities coming up soon where we're going to we're going to actually be on some other podcasts as guests and we're going to have some guests on our podcast here soon and I I'm excited for the lineup. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm sure you guys are too. 
Also, shout out, big shout out to our listeners in the United Kingdom. I mean, you guys are crushing it right now. I I went on our, our analytics page and noticed that there's a huge amount of people that are watching in the United Kingdom. So shout out to you guys. Make sure you guys are sharing out with your friends, any other true crime enthusiasts, because, you know, we, we like to make sure people are entertained, but most importantly, educated and know how things work. And for those that aren't in this country, you can find out how things work in this country and the things that we come across. Yeah, I agree. And thank you so much for listening and commenting and uh, keep doing it. Um, we have thick skin. So if we are bad, just let us know if we're good. Let us know that too. But uh, we're grateful for any interaction and for uh, our friends in the United Kingdom who are, are tuning in. So yeah. thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it. We both appreciate it. Absolutely. And, uh, look forward to hearing from you. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually on some uh, on active duty right now, taking care of some stuff uh, in a undisclosed location but i'm actually in a hotel room recording this right now and uh we're we're doing some pretty good stuff here a lot of big cases and uh it's good to just come in help some people out and then be able to you know bounce out now that the all the a lot of the legwork is taken care of for them so that's uh, good yeah yeah so that's that's kind of where i'm at right now that's why i got a different background all right i love it well Thank you all for listening and uh, be sure and tune in next week. That's right. Well, there you go. Another great case in the books. Be sure and tune in next week when we unpack a new one and I hope you have a good week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't already, go subscribe to our show. And if you liked it, maybe go get a buddy or two to go subscribe to it as well. Give us a like, a comment, a rating, whatever it is that you're watching this on and make sure to give us some feedback because we want to make sure that we're doing the absolute best we can for our audience. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time on Criminal Motives Behind the Crime Scene Tape.